Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Topic this morning, in honor of Shnabas Hatzala, we'll go through a few interesting questions relating to Hatzala and Shabbos. I have two different shuvas here from Rav Asher Weiss, Shlita. Um, some good lambdas, interesting halacha. One f- question that comes up is regarding those who would like to join Hatzalah. They're not presently ready to be involved with the actual Hatzalah's nafashos, but they need training. So one way of getting training is you learn on the job, but not at the expense of the patient, right? <laughs> you observe others who know what they're doing, and you're there watching and being involved in a passive uh, capacity. So there was a question that was posed to Rav Asher Weiss from Rabbi Cheskel Arabach, who was a Rav of Kehilas or Semeach in Johannesburg, South Africa. And he posed the following Shiloh. <clears throat> For many years, he says, Baruch Hashem, we've had an amazing Hatzalah team here. And they've been able to save many Jewish lives. However, recently the government has made this policy that when it comes to those who are training to join Hatzalah, you have to do certain training things in the, in the hospital. And part of their system, part of the requirements would require you to be working and doing Chilal Shabbos on Shabbos. So, Mikivan Shinitz Tarchalavar Gam Bishabbos Bate Cholim, Shein Behem Chole Yisrael, Al Afishtadlus Lohetzlichu Lavir Esroa Gezeira. And it sounds like they've tried in all different ways and political connections to change this particular policy or to be able to work together with the Jewish community. So you could have people who are Shomer Torah Mitzvos training to become a Hatala member without having to be Michal Shabbos, but to no avail. And therefore the question is, Im Yeshheter Lavor Hachsharazu, if we don't have more members coming in, obviously we cannot continue servicing the community. Hatzalos is based on having more members training and becoming part of the team. And therefore, likely, if we don't allow our, our people to train and break Shabbos, then that will impact Hatzalos Nefashos when? In the present or in the future? In the future. Does it matter that it's not impacting now? Yes, that's really the whole diyun, the whole shayla is, what's the hagdara, what's the basic framework of Hatzalos Nefashos, Pikuach Nefesh, that we would say it's Docha Shabbos. As long as it's direct, it probably doesn't like, matter as much as the present or future, right? Like, if you'd have to do something now that would save a life in the future, and it like, doesn't make sense that it's still impacting. It, it does make sense. This, this is the entire discussion right here. A medical student, well, that's a good question as well. 
Is there a heter to be mechalo Shabbos throughout your years in medical school to eventually be able to save a life? Pashup right. Shadnat. Have to find a program where you don't have to work on Shabbos. So let's see what he says. Hine Shei Lizu. What's that? They have like a from doctor's rotation track. Listen, Baruch Hashem. You know, but this is a rough writing from South Africa. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so he says, This is a very severe shayla. On one hand, we're talking about pikuach nefesh, which overrides everything. And on the other hand, we're talking about chilo shabbos, which is a very severe as well. So Benechsa Anan writes of Asher Weiss, let's take, a, let's take a look. So there's a famous tshuva of the Nodebi Yehuda, where he speaks about a situation that somebody passed away through an unknown illness, and the medical staff wanted to do an autopsy to try to figure out what it was, and if they could learn more about this to help people in the future. This is the question posed to the Nodabi Yehuda. On one hand, we have an Isser, the Raisa of Nivel Hames, right? Autopsy, unless it's, you know, we'll see the exceptions, but generally speaking, there's an Isser, the Raisa of defiling, of disgracing the mace by doing an autopsy. On the other hand, this could lead to more medical knowledge and save lives in the future. That was the Shaila. So he says, what's that? Is it applied to a guy also about defiling About what? Is it applied to a guy? That's a whole, a whole sugya of Nivel Hames. Maybe we'll hold off on that for now. He says, Don imutter linateach gufo shel meis Yisrael kadei levar sibas moso. Are you allowed to do an autopsy to verify the cause of death? Vedasa rofim shirak bederzu yuchalamud al hamechkar velilmud lahatzal nefashas. And the doctors are saying the only way for us to learn more about this disease and to help cure people in the future is by doing the autopsy. The Kosov, so the Nandabi Yehuda says, the ain pikuach nefesh docha isure Torah. So he sets forth the, the following guiding principle. Pikuach nefesh can push aside any iser in the Torah when we're talking about a chola lifanenu. When there's someone right here, right now, there's a clear and present danger of pikuach nefesh, then you push aside everything. But not for hatzala asidim, not for hatzala in the future. Okay. So that's the note of Yehuda. And therefore, he paskin, do not do the autopsy. A similar tshuva we had written by the Chassam Sofer. And both of these giants are telling us, you are not allowed to be mevaz of the maze in order to learn more about even though it's possible this could bring to a Hatzalaf Nafashos in the future. It's only a Shema. Ah, yes. 
it's only a shema. Like, this you know, is maybe do the autopsy, but right. like where you train someone or something that could be oh. worried. Okay. Okay. And it's also, you know, obviously we don't want anyone to have this particular condition, but this is also something more specific. Uh, they're trying to research this particular condition, which will affect a certain amount of the population, versus undermining the whole ability of itself and fashions for the entire population. So I hear that distinction. It's a little bit difficult, though, because ultimately, if this was a clear and present Hatzalus Mephashos, even for a very rare condition, it's Pikuch Nefesh. I guess this almost creates an Ace Lassos, I guess what I'm trying to say. Okay. To utilize Ace Lassos, you have to have very broad shoulders for that, right? <laughs> Let's see what he says. Right, this is a... Beautiful, poetic prose of Rav Asher Weiss. These two great prophets, the Nadu Behuda and the Chassam Sofer, they spoke with the same message. But there were two separate questions they were addressing. The Nadu Behuda's case was someone passed away based on an internal machla in one of his evarim. So the doctors wanted to do an autopsy in that particular part of the body in order to know how to, how to help people with this similar machla in the future. That was the shaila of the Nadav Yehuda. That somebody wanted to donate his body to medical research, la'achir moso. It's always better la'achir moso. Right? That's, yeah. <laughs> so then you have the students in medical school who are half conscious, joking around over your dead body. But hopefully we're going to learn something from that. So the Shnehem Pasku the Kivan Shain Khalfanainu and they both came out with the basic idea. If the Khol is not right here in front of us, it's not a clear and present Pikuach Nefesh. Hatsala Sidis Ainba Din Pikuach Nefesh. Future Hatsala does not have the same power of Pikuach Nefesh. So you one could argue the same thing would apply in our Shaila. You want people to start training to join Hatsala for the Hatsalas Nafashas that will take place in the future. It would sound similar to the cases of the Nadav Yehuda and the Chassam Sofer. However, yes. See, what's interesting, though, is that these are all examples within the classic Hatala training, right? In this particular Shailah, we're talking about people needing to go to a hospital on Shabbos and to be involved with real patient care. 
right? And it doesn't sound like they were accommodating. If you don't want to actually do the surgery, you could just hold the scalpel and, right? This is real Chilo Shabbos taking place. But this was the only way they would get members for Hatzalo. Can we actually take a, uh, a brief 20-second timeout and have someone from the Hatzalo team inform us what is the policy regarding people who are training but who are not yet fully knighted as a Hatzalo member? What are they allowed to do? You're called an observer. <clears throat> observer means that you, can, you come along on the calls and you watch and you can... Uh, make patient contact only under the direction of somebody who's obviously a lot has a lot more experience than you and would guide you and watch to make sure that you don't make a mistake. So you're called an observer and that usually lasts till you're on it's, it's, there's no specific amount of time but it's till you're on enough calls that the supervisor above you feels that now you're capable of running the call on your own and then you get Maybe you become a backup responder, first responder, there's different levels. Oh, so that's right. The question is, when you're an observer, can you respond on Shabbos? Can you carry your walkie-talkie with you on Shabbos, right? When are you allowed to start doing that? As a backup responder. Right, as a backup. Meaning once you work your way up to a backup responder. Right, that means you could be the second person on the call. Technically, that, that's really like a chumrah because even to be an observer, you have to be a state licensed EMT. So the state right. deems you worthy to provide patient care. It's a solid that doesn't. Interesting. Like I said, Interesting. If, if you Although, wanted, you could get a job at 911 the yeah. next day and, and work, and they'll put you on because you were certified yeah. as a Hatzalah. Which happens to be, you know, just another plug for Hatzalah, sometimes people are under the the misunderstanding that if I call 911, by definition, I'm getting guys who are a lot more trained and capable. These guys, Mamish, live and breathe, you know, life-saving, and they know what they're doing. Hatzalah members, he's the guy that stands next to me in shul. What does he know? The answer could be a lot more than the 911 guy knows. A lot more training, a lot more expertise, and the equipment is just as good, if not better. Just want to put that out there. Okay. That's right, that's right. Um, anyway, so this is the Shaila here. The protocol of Hatzalah is until you're at least the backup responder, you cannot even carry your walkie-talkie with you on Shabbos. So, says Rav Asher Weiss, however, there is a distinction between these two cases of the Nodubihud and the Chassam Sofer and the Shaila in South Africa. He quotes the famous Chazonish. Chazonish had a a very clear or limiting definition of the Nodebihuda in this regard. Hazanish said that even though the Lushan of the Nodebihuda was a distinction between now versus the future, that wasn't really the lumdus, that wasn't the rationale of the Nodebihuda. The real distinction is, like uh, Rav Michal was mentioning, is it a vadai or is it a shema? Is it pikuach nefesh that is a real pikuach nefesh? Or is it efshar, this could be helpful? It happens to be that when you're talking about the future, oftentimes that makes it into an efshar. Take the case of the chassam sofer. I had somebody actually ask me, they were very, very involved with, you know, uh, promoting more research for dementia and those types of, of illnesses, and they wanted to know would they be allowed to donate their brain for further research. 
right? And the basic answer is, no. it's Asr Min HaTorah. Asr Min HaTorah. Maybe it will help, you know, understand the human brain better. First of all, not to put you down, but your brain's not going to make the difference. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's in a car accident, they're young, their heart works, can that heart be donated to... Oh, so that we're going to have to take on a full Sunday morning shear, maybe even two for that one. That's the whole sugi of organ donation. Organ donation yes, right? yes. That, that's a, somebody that's a psychonomic... 100%. They could use that, organ. And, and when you think about it, right, not to get sidetracked, all these wonderful topics, right? But if all we're talking about is Nivel Hames, Nivel Hames is an Isser de Raisa or de Rabbanan? It's an Isser de Raisa. Okay. Is it any different than any other Isser de Raisa that Pikuach Nefesh is Docha and de Raisa? Of course not. So therefore, conceptually, superficially, the assumption would be what's the problem? Maybe you're over a lab, but you're being mekayim, you know, pikoch nefesh. The main complexity with that sugya is to harvest the organs. Oftentimes, it's at a time where the patient might not be halachically dead. And the one thing you're not allowed to do for pikoch nefesh of someone else is to kill yourself. So that's where it gets very complicated. But says the Chazanish like this. The Nadav Yehuda was only making a distinction between a vadai pikuach nefesh and a suffix pikuach nefesh. Meaning to say, if you were to ask the Nadav Yehuda, if allowing them to do an autopsy on this patient right now could, could really have an impact on the guy next to him, right, in the same hospital, a different room, he has the same disease, would you allow the autopsy? What would he say? Of course, you're mechuyiv to the autopsy to see if you can save this guy over here. Exactly, if there's a plague, and you know these were chuvas that were spoken about during Corona. And if, if there's some kind of prevalent magefa that by doing an autopsy on people who have passed away, we can learn more about it to save those who are in present danger, that he would agree to. Let's say there's not anyone in the same hospital, but there's someone across the world with the same disease. Would you still have a hetter of doing autopsy on this patient? If it's a vada. Of course, because we know someone is suffering. It doesn't make a difference where they are. So just like there's no difference in makom, right? The, the space, l'chorah, there's no difference in zman if it's a vada. That's the, that's the basic understanding of the chazanish. So he says, we see that it's not really based on whether or not the chola is here. So it doesn't have to be a vadai, but it's matsui. It's very likely this will directly lead to saving a life. The expression of the chazanish is, we're not going to allow chilo shabbos for a sidus rechokos, for a far-off future. Where sometimes you might even think you're gaining some form of medical knowledge, but in the long run, you're actually doing more harm than good. It's such a vait chashash. That's how the Chazanish understands the Nadu Bihuda. He's saying, is he arguing the No, no, he's, he's saying this is what the Nadu Bihuda means. He was talking about that particular case, but the, the rationale 
is, is it Matsui that it could save a life, or is it, it's Rachok? I have to see the tshuva itself inside, you know. But uh, now, how about the case of the chasam sofer? That would also be a similar thing, right? You want to donate your body for medical research. Are they going to learn something from your body that's going to save a life? Maybe, right? But but very likely that's not going to be the difference. Okay. Now he wants to bring a raya. This is very interesting. He brings a few different rayas. Um, I want to focus just on one of them. This is on page three. Actually, just briefly before the raya, he quotes one part of the Chassam Sofer. He says, "Amnam nidon shelefanenu misha rotsa limchor atzmo bechiyuso lerofim." Gesundheit. One who wants to donate his body. In this case, is not donating, but it's actually limchor. Going to make some money off this for the rofim to study and analyze after he dies. Very interesting idea of the Chassam Sofer. He says, if, if you were to argue that donating your body to medical research would be considered pikuach nefesh because maybe somehow they might learn something from you to heal somebody else, so then, then as long as you're training in becoming a doctor, Shabbos should mean nothing. Because maybe this one new yediyah on Shabbos might be the game changer in the future. You're basically entering into very, very murky waters. Donating his body, if you don't donate his body, there's no way to substitute for Yes, nice chilek, maskin. Let's see what he says. Hareilon mafurish b'divrehem shalohech miru b'zeh elam yishum safek gadol v'chashash ha'kala ulai yizdamein cholish yitzarech lezeh. V'odim nidon b'zeh lakula b'hechrech shenatir lasos melachos b'achonos kol ha'trufo sheba'olam. The way he's understanding both the Nodah Behuda and the Chassam Sofer is that there is also this major fear that once you open this Pandora's box, it's so hard to have a clear set of guidelines. What's mutter? I mean, even taking some of these ideas that you were suggesting, Eliza, right? You can't do any real malacha yourself, but you could be in the car. These are the types of things where you might tell an individual in a real shasad chak situation, but, but to give this as, as information policy. for a policy, for, for a chabura, you're just asking for a total pirtzus gather, right? So that was, that was a lot of their concern. But here's the raya, though. Um, sorry, not the raya. Here, here, are, here are the two major distinctions between those cases and the shayla that was presented from South Africa. Page three, we have Aleph and base. Aleph is, B'mechkar ha-refui ein klal v'adoz b'totsa'a k'divri chazanish. When you're just doing it for medical research, there is no guarantee that it will be Hatzalo. And sometimes it might lead to, to more harm than good if they extrapolate something um, inaccurate from their research. In contrast to your case, you have people wanting to train for Hatzalo. 
that's not a suffix. They're going through a program that's been, you know, verified, and you have people who are on top of you, who are guiding you. There's no suffix that you will become someone able to save a life. So that's true, that you, that you could learn a lot from dissecting a body. The question is, practically speaking, this particular body, how much is it going to enhance and advance our medical knowledge? So that's what I'm saying. It's not about the medical knowledge in like, the world. But each doctor has to have a body to dissect it. I'm saying, but there's no shortage of bodies. Right, so the question is, how much, how much is, is the medical world gaining? If this guy doesn't give his body, does that mean you're going to have people in medical school not having the opportunity to work on a cadaver? So maybe we'll hold off on that also. The truth is there, there, are, there are two separate sugyas here that we've mentioned besides Hatzalat Nefashos. One is the sugi of Nivel Hames. Right? And the other is organ donation. So maybe we'll come back to both of those. All these wonderful, happy topics to get into. <laughs> but that's the first distinction he makes. The second distinction is, right? The second distinction is, like Rabbi Yisrael was pointing out, if you don't allow them to train on Shabbos, you're basically closing the door of Hatzalah in this particular uh, community. That's because the government will just veto the whole thing. You won't have any Hatzalah. Well, it's not even that they're going to veto it, but if, if you can't have people training, then you can't have a Hatzalah. No, I'm saying the only way you train is through going through this process. So basically the government will say... Who's, who's restricting that? Yeah, you won't, you the government's saying you need to train in this particular way. Okay. This particular way means Chilol Shabbos. So if we come back and say we don't feel comfortable doing that, this okay. just torpedo. Exactly. Itself. Exactly. Doesn't this open the door for all medical students? Yes. So you know, regardless of what the, you know, you're in a program, you can be Chilol Shabbos. Oh, but part maybe you could be in another program. In other words, with no, this particular Atala, there is no yeah. other way to be on Atala in Johannesburg in this area. But there's three other medical schools, so go to the one that, that goes to the hospital. But if you don't get something. into, and you go, you don't get into anyone. You get into this particular medical school, then right. basically. Yeah. Yeah. And what we'll see from the conclusion of the tshuva, he is very hesitant to just give the green light because there are many, many Practical. ramifications right. of a of a psak like this. But I want, I just want to, his one interesting raya, a proof that that um, you are allowed to incorporate pikuach nefesh in the future even if it pushes aside Isurim right now, he quotes the famous Gemara in Yuma and Daf Pei Dalid. If you have a reason to be Mechalo Shabbos, because of Pikoach Nefesh, Ein osin kein lo al yadei nachrim velo al yadei ketanim, ele al yadei gedola Yisrael. Don't try to run and get a non-Jew, don't try to have a child do it, but rather gedola Yisrael. What is the reason for this halacha? So we have both the Ran 
and the Rush, who say slightly different ideas, but the same theme. The Ran explains is Aleph, Kosov Iran, page four. Don't do that malacha through non-Jews or children. Why? Because It might come out that if there is a pikuach nefesh situation and you don't find non-Jews or, or children readily available, lo yirtzu there's going to be a hesitation if generally the way we do it is through akum or ketanim. So then, if they're not available, that could lead to sakanas nafashos. By means of this far, does that also mean that if somebody's in a situation with Chavez that they're not sure if they should call it Salvez, maybe it is, maybe it's not, that they should call so that they don't hesitate in the future when there is a real situation of Pekuch Nefesh. That's what Reuven was saying at the speech yesterday. Well, but, but the truth is like this. Th- that happens to be a very cogent svara, but I think there's something more basic which is, if there is a suffix, the halacha in a suffix pikuach nefesh is to be mechal Shabbos. So it's not just about in the future feeling more comfortable. If anyone's mesupik, now maybe I'm mesupik because I'm ignorant. Okay. <laughs> but I'm still mesupik. So if I'm, if, if I'm in doubt, the, the halacha is your mechal Shabbos. today for a future suffix. Oh, so this halacha, what he's quoting here from the Ran, seems to be... Chilo Shabbos right now, right? Even though I have, I have three people. I live in South Africa. I have 14 servants working in my house, right? So there are many goyim available to help me with this. The halacha is, don't do it. Do it yourself. Because maybe at some point in the future they're not going to be available and I'm going to hesitate. So we're going to have to see how this fits with the... It, it could be, this is the raya of the chazanish. I want to one more point here from the Rush. The Rush has a little bit of a different approach. He says, Even if you have kids who are able to help, right? They're 11 and then they're mamish right here. We're concerned that sometimes they might not be here. They're outside playing ball. And then you're going to start running and chasing after them to get them stalling the pikuach nefesh. However, says Rashi, as we see both from the Ran and the Rush, they definitely seem to be holding that for a pikuach nefesh in the future, you're allowed to be mechalo Shabbos right now. Now, is this in direct conflict with the Noda Yehuda? Why not? Oh, because here it's a lot easier. Right now, there is a pikuach nefesh. Right now. It is mutter for me, a godol, to be mechal Shabbos. So to say, don't try to mitigate your chil Shabbos for getting a non-Jew or a child, that's not nearly as much of a chiddish as what the Nodi Behuda was, was analyzing. Right? So this is not in conflict with the Psaq Nodi Behuda. Just a solemn member, you do mechal Shabbos for future possible, possible when we drive our cars back to the Oh, and that's what we have the third Sunday morning share now as well. <laughs> yes, yes. Driving the car back, and who does that apply to? Only Hatzalah members, doctors, let's say, Stama guy. Who, okay, we'll get there as well. Three, three good Hatzalah Shirim. I want to point out, I remember I was in Queens probably 15 years ago, getting a haircut, and the guy was telling me, 
you know, making you know, conversation, schmoozing during the, the haircut. He says, Rabbi, you should have seen what happened on Shabbos. Oh, it was crazy. We were sitting around the Shabbos table, Shabbos lunch, and my wife was bringing out some chicken. And then suddenly she just fell to the floor, screaming in agony. And the chicken was all over the place, right? So I saw this. I said, oh my gosh. Are you okay, honey? Screaming in agony. So I turned to my son, right, seven years old. I said, Shlomo, quickly, call Hatzalo. And he got the phone, and he was like, you know, I was trying to tell him. It took him probably about five minutes to finally get the number right, and he called Hatzala. Oh, that was crazy. So after asking how his wife is doing now, I said, can, can I ask you a favor? Right? This should never happen again. <laughs> but if anything like this does happen again, don't rely on Shlomo to call Hatzala. Get up from your seat at your trollet and... <laughs> And get the phone and call Hatzalah yourself. Don't rely on Shlomo. He went to save the chicken. That was Hatzalah's One more piece here. We're probably not going to get past this particular Shaila as, as the hour is late. But one more interesting uh, story he brings with Rabbi Yisrael Salanta. This is on page five. This was during the cholera plague in Europe. One of the, the many, unfortunately, that Rabbi Yisrael Salanter famously stood up in the shul the night of Yom Kippur, Kol Nidre, and he made Kiddush. And there are different accounts of what actually happened. One thing was sure, it wasn't his own shul. Right? That's brazen. <laughs> Gonna get up in your shul and make Kiddush, Kol Nidre. You're not going to invite me back. Well, maybe Israel could do that. <laughs> and the way that Abashur Weiss shares the story is that not only did he have those who were cholim eat on Yom Kippur, but he mandated that those who were healthy should also eat on Yom Kippur. Why? So he says, The gam habriim yochlu v'yishtu b'yom kippurim u'bi'arti shapsak zeh it's based on the concern that if the healthy people don't eat, so then the sick people will hesitate and that will cause them more sakana. So that sounds also similar to this conversation. I'm telling you, you're a healthy guy in Kippur, that you should eat. And again, this gets into Yusrael's idea of... Uh, of uh, what's, what, would you, what do you say? What? Are you shutting down the whole thing? No, no. Ace Lassos, yes. Ace Lassos. <laughs> Don't try this at home. Not in my shul. So. That'd be entertaining though, right? You know, Towards the end of the, the Kol Nidre, everyone's a little bit out of it, you know? <laughs> Someone gets up there. So what's he doing with this? It's similar in the sense, you could argue, that you're telling people who are mamish healthy to be Mechalel Yom Kippur. Right? Why? Because maybe those people who are sick might not eat now again, that's not the exact same Shaila as the rub from South Africa, because again, you have people right here who are Bibikuach Nefesh. And it's Mamish Sakana right at the moment. Yes. Anyway, his conclusion though, after showing why there, there's, there's a lot of room to be Mekel and to allow this trading to take place in Shabbos, his conclusion is as follows on page 5. 
He says, One thing he mentions as well is that the regular 911 situation in South Africa was far from stellar, right? So there, there was a clear need for Hatzalah on every angle. If we don't allow them to do the training, then they will not be able to continue with Hatzalah. Ach, however, I'm very hesitant to just give a green light. I'm afraid to say it just mutter. Why? Because for us to say, go ahead and be Mechal Shabbos now, for Hatzalah in the future, it's a shtikel ein ladavar sof. It's hard to know, like we said, creating policy is how to quantify this. V'gam choshishani ma'od shelo nucha ligder geder v'lamod b'peretz l'chum t'chum borer v'givul m'suyim l'hater zeh. How do we have clear guidelines? Uma nena kishiavo mikihilos acheros. And then what happens when we have other communities throughout the world who are also asking for a heter? It could be in those other places. They have a better 911 service. And they might not qualify for this heter. And then for us to take on this position of looking through different communities, for you, it makes sense to be Mechal Shabbos for training. For you guys, I think the 911 is good enough. You start playing God in these things, it becomes very, very complicated. Nowadays is very different than the previous times. In earlier generations, the way life would work, the way life would work is you'd have a rub of a city and he would paskin for his city, for his kihila, based on the place and the time and the circumstance. Lo kein yemenu shekol psak over mikotza ola madkatseyu rega kememra. Nowadays, though, if something is said, right, by an odom godel that we all look up to, that's a psak that we, we, we heard both in Johannesburg and Soccer L.A. And, right? And therefore, you'll have people comparing and contrasting and becoming their own posik. And that will cause a michshel. Therefore, he concludes. What's that? That was stage, right? Wow. He concludes here that my advice to you is since you still have some more time, it sounds like this was not set in place yet, keep on doing all of your hishtadlus and pulling all the strings you have politically to try to get a different system where you could train members without breaking Shabbos. Because to give the green light is something far from Pashat. Now I think between the lines he's also telling them, if, if you no, can't pull that off, let's, let's talk privately. <laughs> 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 <laughs>